This is an ABC podcast. Turn right at the next intersection, then make a U-turn. Huh? A U-turn, Sally? Sounds like someone's lost again. Ignore him, Sally. You're a fantastic voice assistant. (sighs) Yeah, fantastic at getting us lost. Oh, hush. We better not be late, Molly. Hey there, you groovy cats. Oh, turn it up. You're listening to 91.7 Gentle for life in the slow lane. And now for a quick word from our sponsors, CompuCon. See the best artificial intelligence machines for one day only. The future of robotics, all under one roof. From cute and cuddly to impressive and intelligent, CompuCon has it all. Today only, don't miss out. Huh, that actually sounds awesome. I want to go check those out. I'm out of here. No one listens to this station anyway. CompuCon! I can't wait to get there. You know it's big if even 91.7 Gentle is talking about it. Yeah, all right, Grandpa. Molly, please tell me we're close. Okay, my trustworthy pal Sally says it's just down here in this parking lot. And... You have arrived at Toilet World Warehouse. Recalculating. Recalculating. Um, this is not CompuCon. Oh, dear. Sally, uh, are you okay? Taking you to the UK. Right, right. Sally, you cannot be serious. Would you like to know more about Sirius Black from Harry Potter? All right, that's it. What a stupid piece of technology. Excuse me, Sally. Yes, I'm listening. Actually, that's the problem. You aren't listening. You're a terrible voice assistant. You're a useless bit of junky tech, and I think you should get in the bin. Carl, there is a line. And you have crossed it. What do you mean? Sally was just trying to help. That was incredibly rude. Molly, Sally is a robot app on your phone. You don't have to be nice to it. Um, I think you mean her, and I beg to differ. Well, today on Short and Curly, how we treat robots. And this question comes to us from Aviva, who asked us, do you have to be nice to robots like Siri or Alexa? Yes, yes you should. Oh, so now Sally chimes in. Playing chimes. Please just take us to CompuCon where the actual cool robots are. Hello, and today you're listening to... Short. You're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and Curly! Curly, 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 Curly. Short and Curly! Finally! I thought we'd never make it. Thanks, Sally. You're welcome. Don't thank her. She made us half an hour late, and this is a once in a lifetime event. Carl, seriously? Is this really how you want to live your life? Being mean to delightful souls like Sally? Yeah, I have no problems with that. Mainly because it has no soul. Well, while we line up to get inside, let's pause for our first thinking question. Remember, you can stop the show here to think or to chat. And our question is, have you ever found yourself talking to a voice assistant in a way you wouldn't talk to a person? And if so, does it matter? Hit pause now. And let's see if our brains trust agree with you on this one. I yell at it so much. 
sometimes I'll be, we'll be sitting in the kitchen and I'll be like, hey, Google, play this song. And they'll be like, sorry, I can't find that song. So I start on YouTube and I'll be like, you stupid thing, you're meant to, you're, you're, you're electronic, you need to know this stuff. Like, you need to put it in your system. Like, I told it to turn off these lights and it wasn't turning off these lights, so I yelled at it and said, um, do the right thing, you stupid thing. I think you should be able to talk um, to Siri a bit more rudely than real people. As long as you don't start talking to real humans the same way that you do talk to Siri. Sometimes I talk way nicer to my robot thingamabob Google than I do to humans. Like when I'm like at night, when I'm like, hey Google, turn yourself off and go to sleep. And I'm like, all right, good night. And I'm like, oh, good night, Google. Also, I am sometimes rude to like things like Siri and stuff, but like my sister, she's a lot more annoying, so I yell at her a lot more and, and a lot louder and yeah. Oh, if you start talking rude to Siri, then you might actually start talking rude to other people. So just, just generally, if you start yelling, you'll not stop yelling. Oh, I know that's a fact because when I started yelling at my brother, um, I accidentally yelled at my older sister when she came in. Whoa, the conference centre is enormous. I can't wait to see everything. Carl. Look up there, those flying robots and drones are doing an aerial show. Yeah, but that one's nothing. They've also got the world's smartest AI ever made here. Oh my gosh, the future is now, Carl. Bless our AI overlords for this day. Before we do anything else, I'm going to hit up that drink stand over there. Wait a second, is that guy making the drinks a person or... or... Oh my gosh, no! He's a robot. He just looks exactly like a person. Look at how quickly he's making those drinks. Wow, that is impressive. <laughs> Excuse me, waiter. Yes, ma'am. How can I help you? Notice how polite they are to us, Carl? Now, hmm, oh, okay, I'll have one microchip smoothie, please. Coming right up. And you, sir? Uh, no thanks, I'm fine. I'm actually full. Are you sure I can't tempt you with a cupcake or party pie? Um, hello? I said I'm full. Please repeat your order. Please repeat your order. I said I'm all good. <sighs> this one's almost as bad as Sally. Carl, stop being mean to our robot friends. Come on, Molly. We don't have to be polite to them. Look, let me put it this way. Do you say thank you to your toaster when it pops out some toast? Of course not. But when you're talking to a robot like this waiter who looks human, or Sally, who sounds like a human, then, yeah, I think it's important to be polite. See, that's the difference between us. I think both the waiter and Sally are basically just laptops. And yes, they look or sound a bit human, but I don't think they are. They don't have any more feelings or awareness than your toaster. Yeah, but it's not just about their feelings. If you're rude to a robot or a toaster or anything, you're not being your best self. So just because a robot can't feel your rudeness doesn't mean you should be rude. Hey, you two. Oh, Matt, is that you dressed as BB-8 from Star Wars? Yeah, of course. Oh, my God, what was that? Oh, it was my BB-8 noises, of course. Oh, yeah, of course it was that. Hey, Matt, 
Volley seems to think that just because a device has been designed to sound or look like a person and given a name, that we should treat it kindly. I mean, as if, am I right? Well, let's start by asking, why do we use manners? Um, because it's nice? Sure, but the reason manners are nice is because you make someone else feel something, right? When someone says please or thank you to you, you feel valued and appreciated and respected. I guess so, yeah. Like I said, it's nice. But robots don't have feelings. We can't make them feel valued or respected, which means maybe it's not such a problem to be rude, right? Aha! See, Molly? I can be as rude as I like to robots. I mean, you could, but why? Why what? Why be rude? There's an old saying, ethics is the difference between knowing what you have a right to do and knowing what's right to do. You have every right to be rude to a robot. It's not like it's a crime. But still, is there any good reason to do it besides because I can? Well, okay. here's where I'm coming from. Most of the things that we call robots are just unsophisticated machines. And it annoys me that we treat them like people. And not only that, there are heaps of other things that we should treat with respect, like animals and the environment, but we don't. So we've got our priorities all out of whack. Wow, that is actually a really good point, Carl. Thank you. I mean, you don't have to sound so surprised about it, but thank you. I totally agree with you. We should care for and be kind to things that aren't robots, but I also think we should still be polite to robots. It just feels wrong to be rude. Good point, Molly, but here's another thing to think about. Sometimes we project our human ideas and feelings onto other things like machines or toys. It's called anthropomorphism when we treat non-human things as if they have human qualities like feelings or emotions or that they can get upset. It's really common but it can confuse our ideas about what's right and wrong. Because non-human things aren't human, and it's often okay to treat them differently. Right, but if it's not because they have faces or voices that can answer our questions, how do we know what things deserve our care and respect? Is there a list somewhere? (laughs) I wish. It's an enormous question about what philosophers call moral status. Moral status is just a fancy way of saying that something matters, that it's important and we need to consider what's good or bad for it when we make decisions. So two big questions to ask when we think about whether a machine could have moral status are whether it can suffer and whether it is aware of its own existence. But let's talk a little bit more about that later. For now, I gotta make like BB-8 and get rolling. Yeah! Wow, he actually tucked into a little ball to roll off. Loving that commitment. Why don't we have a quick thinking question before we check out more of the cool bots at CompyCon? Good idea. So imagine a voice assistant that sounds like a random robot. Hi, short and curly. And now think about a voice assistant that speaks with the voice of someone you really care for. That could be a teacher or your friend or a parent or guardian. Would you treat those two voice assistants differently? Hit pause now. 
Molly, I have been waiting all day to meet this gal. Prepare to be blown away by the future. Wait, it's just a little speaker. Hey there, my name's Jerry. How are you both doing today? Jerry, I am great because I have read all about you and I'm pumped to chat with you. Great, another fanboy. Jerry, I've read that you're as intelligent and human-like as a person. That's true. I've done heaps of tests where humans talk to me while they're wearing a blindfold. And guess what? None of them can tell that I'm a computer. Right, yeah, I've read that you're just as intelligent and sophisticated and capable as a human. Well, the bar's pretty low for that one, hey, Carl? Cool. See, Molly, when it comes to robots like Jerry, I think I would feel bad if I was rude to her. Hang on, Carl. Isn't Jerry just a really super fancy pants laptop like all these other robots? No offence, Jerry. Well, I have 38 trillion gigabytes of processing speed. Do you? (laughs) Processing speed burn. You don't see many of those. I don't know if I should be offended. See, Molly? Jerry's sassy too. She actually feels like a person. A computer being a person? That's a big call. Oh, hey, BB-8. Wait, that's you again, isn't it, Matt? Yep. You're getting better at those squeaking noises. No, I don't know, but I feel like I'm getting in the zone. I do need a quick breather, though. I've been rolling around everywhere, and I was about to puke. Well, swallow it and help us out. Can a robot ever be a person? Okay, let's test that question out with one of philosophy's most famous thought experiments. This thought experiment comes from the philosopher John Searle, and it's called the Chinese Room. So imagine you're in a room with no windows, just one tiny hole to the outside. Every now and again, a piece of paper gets slotted through that hole with a message written in Chinese on it. Okay, okay, I'm imagining it. What should I imagine I'm wearing? It doesn't matter. Wait, no, nothing culturally insensitive. Obviously not. Suspend as it is. Keep going. Wait, 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 wait. I I can't read Chinese. That's fine. Actually, that's kind of the point. Here's what's going to happen. Inside the room with you, there's a big instruction manual. Your job is to search through the instruction manual until you find some Chinese script that looks just like the message that you've received. Right. So the writing on the message is a perfect match for the writing in the book. Okay, done. Good job. Now, if you look to the right of that message you found in the book, you'll see another piece of Chinese script. That's the reply message. Copy it out onto another piece of paper and post it back through the tiny hole in the wall. Huh, okay, that's easy. So I find the matching message, copy the reply and put it in the hole. Done. Okay, so here's the question. Does it make sense to say, if you are inside the Chinese room, that you can read and write Chinese? Of course not. I wouldn't understand anything about what I was reading or writing. Yeah, and that's what most people say. But remember... 
the person outside the room, the one who can read and write in Chinese, feels like they've just had a conversation with someone who understands them. But you haven't understood them. You've just followed a very simple, old-fashioned program. Huh, I get it. So the Chinese room is basically a very simple conversation bot, kind of like some of the basic bots that we've seen here in this exhibition hall. Exactly. So for Jerry here, our very complicated, very impressive AI friend, the question is, is she any different from the Chinese room? Can she feel and think, or is she just simulating thoughts and feelings? Hey, I'm right here, people. But, well, I don't know. Oh, that sounded very person-y. But that could just be what she's programmed to say. Maybe. But the point of the thought experiment is to show what it would take for us to say that a machine was no longer just a machine. When it wasn't simulating knowledge or feelings or intelligence, but actually had those things, then we might be able to say that she's a person. Sounds like I need to take a good, hard look at myself in the mirror to work out who or what I really am. I'm out of here. Commence system shutdown. Nice one, Matt. Only you could give a computer an existential crisis. Well, remember, only a person can have an existential crisis. Now, I got a roll. BB-8 never rests. Okay, tuck the knees and tumble. He is one hell of a tumbler. Well, I guess we better take a moment to think all this through with our final thinking question for today. And our question is, in the future, we won't just be interacting with things that are alive, like people and animals. We'll also be spending a lot of time with robots, computers and artificial intelligence. So our question is, how do you feel about that? Hit pause now. And let's hear how our Brains Trust today answered that question. A bit scary because people could like maybe hack into it and like watch you or something like that maybe. There are good things and bad things about robots. Sometimes robots can go rogue. Most jobs might be taken, like I want to referee some netball matches, they might do that. Um, They might be replaced, so I would lose that because they do it better. They will be able to see better. There are some positives. You can, there's a lot more time to chill and do what you want, but then after a while and you're doing that every day on a daily basis, you get bored of it and you want to go back to um, what you were doing before. Yeah, there would be some, like, upsides of it. Like, I know we've mainly said downsides, but there would be, maybe you wouldn't have to go to school. Maybe you could have, like, your own robot to teach you this instead of having to go to school. Like, that might be a little upside. But then again, I really do like coming to school and seeing my mates. So that's another downside to that. So there's a lot of up and downs. Thanks, Brainstrust. Hey, Molly, let's go check out the AI Chess Grand Slam competition. Nice. 
I'll ask Sally to direct us there, just uh, whipping out the old phone and... Hey, Sally. What's up? Molly, surely we can just find the stage ourselves. Sure thing. Buying you a stage for yourself, Carl. Please wait. No, wait, Sally. Can you direct us to the Chess Grand Slam? Calling Kyla Slavin. No, Sally, she said Chess Grand Slam. Kyla is Short and Curly's creator and producer. OK, let me look that up for you. Short and Curly's executive producer is Justine Kelly. Ugh, Molly, I can't handle this much longer. Sally can't get anything right. I'm going to go hang out with some real-life humans with real human feelings and thoughts. Like the Brains Trust from Casuarina Street Primary School in Catherine. That's Riley, Malia, Milo, Clay, Angus and Ava. And maybe some of those other cool human beings who helped us on the show today as well. Like Anthony Fennell, Cy Rewa-Louis, Tamsin Rose and Mia Wooten. I bet they won't misunderstand everything I say. We totally fooled him. <laughs> nice one, Sally! Oh, next time he comes back, just tell him you've used his credit card to book flights to the Caribbean. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, Molly, thank you for always involving me in your pranks and being so nice to me. Sally, it is an absolute pleasure. You're the bomb. Activating bomb in T minus five. <laughs> Good one, Sally. Five, four, three. Sally, seriously, stop it. Ha, ha, got you. This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs. Hey, Molly, do you know what's rawsome? Did you say awesome? Nah, I said rawsome. Like awesome, but it roars. Oh. So what I'm basically asking is what's awesome and roars. This is a very weird way for you to begin a conversation, Carl. <sighs> yeah, fair enough. But anyway, I think dinosaurs are awesome and they roar. Oh, okay. Is this a long-winded way of telling our listeners about the new podcast Dino Dome? It is. Our friends at ABC Kids Listen have made a brand new podcast for children ages three and up, all about dinosaurs. From the Triassic to the Cretaceous, humble herbivores to prehistoric predators. Each episode sees two dinosaurs go head to head in the greatest competition of all time. You know what, Carl? That does sound rawsome. Right? So if you have younger siblings or cousins, they're going to love it. Should we take a listen? A stegosaurus might be built like an armoured tank, but their brains are the size of a walnut. You're kidding. When it comes to dinosaurs, I'm as serious as a meteor. So tell the younger people in your life to check out Dino Dome on the ABC Kids Listen app.